When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 848 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Very special show today because we've got David Bray, we've got Ben Askren, and we've got Olympic champion, multiple world champion. we got four Hodges on the show because David Taylor's here. David, what's going on, man? Thanks for hopping on. Not much. Good to be here. Good to have you. Um, Coming up on around a month, David, since you, you won your world title, another world title. Um, How has it been since you got back? And um, as you reflected on your tournament and your performance, maybe, you know, we spoke with you immediately after, but what are your thoughts maybe a month after that that performance against uh, particularly Yazdani? Well, it's been busy since I got home. Uh, my, uh, my wife always calls me the vortex. And I feel like when I'm not training, it's just like, spinning out of control basically so it's been a lot of stuff i mean we came home you know right away went out to the pnl um in uh chicago and competed there then got home and two weeks later we're at super 32 just got back from super 32 so we've been spending a lot of time doing that as well just mixing a handful of other things but um but it's it's been uh it's been good and i feel like after the olympics i just never really got time to like take a break you know and um, it led right into kind of like, in my, my opinion, kind of like a half-assed performance at the world championships last year. Um, and then that kind of just like ate at me all year. So, you know, this year going to world championships, like a little more focused and, uh, you know, now being able to kind of take a little bit of time off, I think has been uh, really valuable for me. As you, as you look back on, on that match against Yazdani, um, you know, everyone watched was, was just thoroughly impressed with the level of dominance you displayed. Um, where does that performance, that individual match performance kind of rank for you in, t- in terms of like, yeah, this is one of my best individual match performances I've had. Probably the best, you know, I think for the caliber, you know, of, of competition. And, you know, I think when you look at kind of the dynamic of our matches where, you know, the first one, you know, I beat him, but probably a lot about conditioning, you know, the second one, he was definitely prepared probably still conditioning was still pretty factored into it. And whereas the last two matches were, were pretty close, you know, he made some good adjustments and, you know, it was the Olympics came down to the last second, you know, the world championships again, like we're, we're pretty close. I mean, really at the world championships last year, he, I mean, he really kind of dominated me, even though score didn't really reflect necessarily that. And I still was close, you know, but I mean, he, I wasn't, uh, it definitely wasn't a match like I had been in the past. So the, the momentum had kind of been shifted. I feel like, um, but I think you got, you got to factor in just the situation. Like I had won the Olympics, you know, kind of going to the worlds with really not much to really get, be excited about. He just lost in the last second. So he's like hungry, you know, for eight weeks leading to that competition. But again, just where, where it ended. Um, and then to go into this one and, uh, I mean, for really the first whistle, you know, I feel like I dominated the match. I was the first match where I've scored first. And I was able to continue scoring and he really was, I mean, you take away a shot clock point, you know, he didn't score at all. So definitely a big difference from the last handful of matches. So um, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I feel like it's probably my best performance I've had. 
Yeah. So, I mean, in that match, you, to your point, you technically dominated um, and, and that, that all your other matches were not like that with him. Um, and I can't really, I mean, I guess maybe shut down his underhook, but I can't really identify something that's like really clear. You did this and that, that led to way, way more openings for yourself. But what was it? Are you not telling us? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to wrestle him again, right? I'm going to have to wrestle yeah. him two more times at least. I don't but... think he understands English. I think they know English better than you think they know. <laughs> Someone will translate it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. they can't. Uh, no, but I think, I mean, honestly, the the difference, you know, he he had done a good job, you know, with uh, with just underhooking me and slowing me down, and all those matches. I wouldn't say slowing me down. I mean, it's just his best position. Yeah, you know, he's so dominant with that underhook, and I've I've, I've said it, and before, like when he gets to his underhook, it's like being a washing machine. Like you're just like pressure snap, pressure snap, and it's hard to get a rhythm going, you know, not only is it slowing me down, it's hard to get a rhythm going. And any other, all, all previous matches, when I went into them, I was aware of the underhook, but in my mind, I was like, I'm going to score. I'm going to get to them. Probably thought I, I'd out condition them, but I felt like, you know, in the last two matches, he probably had probably, you know, he had, he had made it where there wasn't a lot of wrestling exchanges. Um, where in this one, just being a little more uh, proactive about not, hanging in my tie-ups it was in my mind it was like it's either my tie or it's nobody's tie and i felt like he just never could grab me he could never slow me down he never could hold me um and it that just added up it added up you know from the first whistle really all the way through um and i just felt like you know going into it with like a my this year i was not i made my mind up like i'm wrestling only to beat yazdani i know i'll beat everybody else but I'm specifically training every single day uh, to work in a few positions and uh, knowing that if I put the time into these, that I can beat them. And I felt like if I did those things, I can make it not close. Um, and I was able to go execute that. With uh, you were pretty, really candid kind of after final X in the world, you were contemplating retirement. Uh, how much does a performance like the one you just have give you more momentum to, to continue competing, compete through the quad, maybe beyond that? Yeah, definitely, you know, reinvigorates me because I was kind of at this my whole life, like everything I'd done since I was a little kid was revolved around trying to be the Olympic champion. You know, as a kid, it was like you just say something because it's the biggest goal, but you don't really understand what that means. You know, I feel like in the last five years, it puts a lot of perspective on it because, you know, just it was it was, you know, obviously faced a lot of adversity where I felt like I was the best wrestler. You know, but I wasn't making teams, you know, I was like right in the mix um, and, uh, you know, making that jump up and then dedicating everything. Like our whole life was dedicated towards 2020, which became 2021. Um, that period of time, you know, once I you know, won the world's in 2018, then I got hurt and I was out. Then we missed a whole year in 2020 and everything was postponed. I just got burnt out. You know, I was, it was two years of like this, like crazy, intense, dedicated training mindset like no room for anything else type thing um and it just i, I just it wore on me so once the olympics were over i was like i was ready to be done you know i just didn't really uh and i think with the world's being so close it, you know i was you know just winning it's easy to right off of win to want to jump right back into it um but you know shortly after i started training i was like man i don't want to be here and uh i feel like that just lingered all year this year um, but I kept telling myself, you know, like, you know, I'm a competitor and when the lights are on, I'll, I'll be back. And I feel like two weeks before, I think 
I think also just like knowing that this year's training was not very good for me in, in comparison to the past. <clears throat> I just felt like I had to be a hundred percent present and focused when I wrestled them with a specific plan. And I feel like that kind of got me refocused. And then after the match is over, you know, now it's like, okay, I learned I can do it differently than what I'd done in the past and probably have more longevity now um, after making some adjustments and just, you know, my, my training and uh, probably just the way that I approach kind of every day. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's uh, wait, I, I, can we dig in on that? Cause that's for, I, I think for our youth and high school wrestlers, you know, I mean, um, they don't have anything as extreme as you did where you said, you know, it's, it's kind of a two year grind because the Olympics got pushed back a year, right? So between 2019 and then 2021 is a really, really long time. Um, and you said you, you know, it was really hard. Maybe you lost a little bit of passion or something like that. Um, so, cause I have a lot of youth wrestlers, well, most of high school who say something like this at some time, not all the time. Um, and so what would you say to them? Cause you coach a club now they, they're, they're feeling that way. And you can say, I felt this way. And here's what I did. What would you say to them? Yeah, it's tough. You know, and I, when I say it's like a two year grind, I mean, I've been grinding like that, you know, two yeah. practices a day since I was in seventh grade, you know, yeah. where it's like, if you weren't practicing, you were, you weren't getting better, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it kind of goes way back, you know, and it's just kind of been, but that the last two years were like definitely the most difficult thing. And I, I constantly have this conversation with kids all the time. I'm like, man, this is a time that you can take a week off. You should take it because you know what it's going to be like down the road, you know? And I think everybody gets stuck in this and we all do. And I, I think that's the power of like our positions of, you know, being a club coaches is we can relate back to our com- competitive com- careers at really high level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, if you can take some time, take it, you know, and understand there's a bigger picture to things. Um, but it, it's definitely a, ch- a challenge. It's a challenge, challenge for me as a competitor. It's definitely a challenge, you know, for, as a coach and, and, and for the kids. But I just think, you know, short term, you know, you feel like you got to do all this work and you do, you do have to do the work, um, but it has to be smart or you just, your body will break down. Your mind will break down. It doesn't matter how tough you are at some point. It's, you just can't do it if you're never giving yourself a little bit of a break. Um, and that's the conversation that I try and have with them, you know, and, as much as I can. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, oh, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. If you're following. Well, I, I wanted, I, man, I, I, it's actually, it's really funny because Christian sent me an audio text that was very uh, insightful last night. Um, and, and I, I won't get too much into it, but David, given, um, you know, you, you, this two day thing. And so I want to pair it with, and I know you're not going to tell me Kale's secrets. I've been trying to get those out of you guys for, for a decade now, but <laughs> You know, what Penn State uh, alleges to make it about, and I, and I think it's true, is that, you know, you guys don't have this insane grind like maybe some of the other programs. Um, and you spend a lot of time positionally and you use the word fun a lot, which I, I'm not so certain on that word uh, or the word usage of it in this case. But um, so I guess how do you pair that with with you now, you know, saying, hey, I'm older and the grind and, and this stuff is like um, – would you have made it if you could go back to your college days? Would you have made it even easier a little bit for yourself, or you think it was exactly what you needed? And now you needed to go a little easier as you're older, or kind of like right because you have you said since seventh grade, so now we're taught we're going on oh, close to twenty years for you probably somewhere in there. Like, how would you talk to your past self if you could about the training volume and intensity, kind of every step along the way? I mean, it's definitely a good question. And, and I think about that a lot and I think about that all the time because 
you know, with the kids that I coach, you know, like I'm constantly going back and forth, Mark McKnight and myself you know, and, and Brad Pataki were like, as kids, we did this, but we don't really think it's the best thing now. But I think there's an element that it's important to go through some of that stuff just to like harden your mind and your body that you can do it. You know, when you're, for example, super 32, it's like the toughest tournament you've ever been to in the first day. And then the second day, it's a tougher tournament, you know, and you got to be able to like grind through seven, eight matches, 10 matches. And if you've never really pushed yourself and you're in those matches, it's kind of hard to find a way to get through it. Yeah. But my training was hard, you know, because I grew up and I I didn't have really training partners. So I was, we were on the road all the time. So I didn't really have a ton of volume. I competed a lot to make up the difference. When I moved to Ohio in sixth grade, that was where it was like, literally it was twice a day, every day. If you took a day off, it was like, you weren't working hard, you know, Um, a lot of, you know, then like the weight and you throw the weight cut in there, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't really cut weights in my junior year, cut a lot of weight my junior year. Um, then I jumped up to 135 my senior year, which alleviated some of that. Um, and I feel like that toll, that sixth grade through 12th grade, that six years like aged me significantly. Um, mm-hmm. I was just hurt all the time back then, but I was always pushing through it. So when I got to college and realized, you know, you don't have to necessarily do that all the time to be the best. Um, but I was still managing a lot of the injuries I'd had from kind of in the past that kind of added up. Um, and then still cutting weight in college, you know, I probably looking back, I'd say the biggest thing I would change, I wouldn't change it because it was the way that, you know, our teams were the best, but selfishly, if I was only thinking about myself, I would have gone up in weight class in college. And I feel like that would have alleviated a lot of, that was another, that was pretty taxing. Making 165 was pretty taxing. Um, in the beginning or in the end or all, all the times, um, my junior and senior year specifically, okay. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're on a different team where, you know, team is, is an, an important aspect, then I, I, I would have been up at 174, potentially 184. You know, I could have probably started that growth process a lot earlier. But I just didn't probably in my mind believe that I was – in my mind, I believed it was the best weight, you know. And I also in my mind thought I had to be at 163 when I was done, so I had to hold my weight down. Because yeah, there, um, there was no 79 back then. No, it was just 185. And it just seemed like such an impossible jump at the time. So I feel like those years are where if I had to go back and change anything, it would maybe be those years, but I wouldn't change it because of the success we had as our team. And obviously it just set a foundation for me during that time. But that was the time I was really challenging. I would say, looking back that like sixth grade through 12th grade time. And then the weight cut when I was in college, um, that just kind of, I feel like stalemated or stagnated some growth wrestling wise because i was focused on weight cutting a lot um and then once i went up you know then i was able to kind of refocus on getting better at wrestling again but if i go back and man i i could got better in this five years i could have probably if i could spent more effort into getting better at wrestling maybe be different but if i didn't go through adversity and those losses then i probably wouldn't be motivated to still be doing it now so you know i don't want to go back and change those things but that definitely took a big toll on my my body uh that, that period of time nice um can I keep rolling, Christian? Yeah. Uh, Roll, baby. I'm stealing all your questions. Hey, so um, I well, I know the answer for me, and the answer for me is no one was doing it uh, prior to me, so I never ever envisioned myself doing it. Did you envision yourself wrestling into your 30s? No, never. I don't think so. I mean, I just thought I was going to graduate and win. You know, I was like, I'm just going to graduate. And then be and done. Like, what? And then be done. Yeah, I just never thought. You know, I just I feel like. 
thir- wrestling in your 30, it was like a thing that people just didn't do that. Yeah. You know, they didn't do that. So, um, you know, it's different, you know, being, I'll be 32 in December, you know, having two kids and a lot of other things going on. It's way different than when I was younger. So that's why I tell kids, I'm like, man, just make the most of your time now because it definitely doesn't get any easier when you get older, you got a lot of more responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm. but I think you, when you have more responsibilities, you prioritize your training and look forward to it. Um, because you maybe, you know, your, your window is a little differently. So <laughs> I got kids. So I was thinking like, dude, going to, going to train with your buddies is way better than listening to a two-year-old cry. <laughs> My wife says all the time, it's like, it's not work. You're hanging out with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so true. It's so true. I hear um, that one too. Yeah. yeah. We actually have something in common guys. Yeah. Um, hey, let's get into this James Green thing. I, I uh, we we talked about it on Monday. I gave my opinion. Some people were upset about this, but I thought he said it totally fine. Um, I I don't necessarily totally agree with his sentiment, uh, but I'm very curious to hear what you say. Uh, James Green said on Twitter, a lot of good wrestling is super there too. That being said, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't see enough baseline defense going on, and I don't like it. Um, I gave my gave my two cents on Monday. What do you feel about that? Um, there's not much baseline defense anymore. Um, I mean, I think that's definitely, but I feel like kids have evolved in the way they can defend. Um, you know, I just think just changed. Um, but I feel like, you know, baseline defense is still, still really important. Um, I think, you know, I think people could probably prioritize it because this is my argument with it because, you know, I talked to, I talked to this with my kids all the time. Like, you know, we, we could, you know, teach, and I did this, I rolled across my back. I defended that way, focused out all the time, but the way that I scrambled, it set me back. I had a really hard time learning how to defend leg attacks and freestyle against the best guys because my first instinct was to flip and flop and roll. So I think I try and tell our guys like, Hey, we need to focus on baseline because it translates instantly into freestyle. You don't have to like, I mean, I hear this all the time. Like they're like, well, it's freestyle season. Well, it doesn't change anything. All the skills and techniques that we do are the exact same. We're rewarded now by pushing guys out of bounds and, you know, exposing them. Um, so I think, Wait, like, so can, I, can I push back on that a little bit? Uh, Cause this is a okay. Max and I, Max is, you know, Max and I talk about this discussion a lot. Um, so you said, and cause, um, well, I had the exact same experience, um, when I went to freestyle, my, my baseline skills were not good enough. Um, and I had to work on them a lot, right. Cause I did rely on the scrambling and Max. So Matt, what Max would say to that would be Ben, what percentage of the guys you coach are going to wrestle really competitively at the international level, you know? And it's like, uh, maybe one to two, 3% if you were lucky. Right. So it's like, so should we put all of our effort in that? Or like, you know, versus what percent can wrestle in college? And, you know, for us, that's probably 20%, 20, 30%, somewhere in there, you know? So should we coach to the 20 or 30% or should we coach to the 2 or 3%? How do you feel about that? But your club wrestles U17s, U20s, trying to make yeah, world yeah. Uh-huh. every summer. Of course. So I would say, like, when you switch everyone over to those, and you know, we switched freestyle instantly uh, as soon as the folk style season is over. So your, your entire club is doing that. Um, and I think – it's a fine balance. I think that stuff's so important. Like it helped me a lot. It helped me yeah. in so many areas. Um, but go back and forth on it. What like I feel like longevity, you know, baseline defense is gonna and also being hurt, hurting myself in a scramble. Yeah. I've learned I've changed the way that I defend from that. 
Um, so I think that there's both, I think both are so valuable. You know, you have to have it, you have to have it when you're dead to rights and you're beat, you have to find a way to not get taken down. Can't give it up, but you can put yourself in a better situation, safety wise, your joints, as well as just like with baseline defense. So I see both sides of that, but definitely not a ton of baseline defense, you know, anymore. Um, but the evolvement of defending has changed significantly. You know, so many people are so much better in so many other areas um, that uh, just the level of wrestling. I mean, it's crazy. The level of high school wrestling is just, it's just through the roof. I mean, these kids are so good now, so much training um, that I think it's just, you know, both areas have improved, but I still think baseline defense is a really solid option. Yeah. Uh, I, so yeah, a couple of my guys have been trying to get to do more, but then my other argument to James green and I, I this is just me on the show. So maybe you listen to it, maybe you didn't, I don't know is, uh, you know, if, if, if our baseline defense is bad. And when he said that, I thought I felt the same way you did about super 32s, but then on the other side of my brain, I said, well, at the same time, we're having more success at a U17, U20 level in freestyle than we ever have. So like, how do those things, how do those two things pair together? And so for me, it feels like, well, we must be doing something right if we're having more success than we ever had at the age groups, even maybe it's not necessarily the basic baseline defense. Well, I just think, you know, more priority, you know, like when I was coming up through like U17s wasn't even thought about. It was just like, I went to the tournament, it was a tournament, you know, it wasn't like, hey, you're making a world team. I think the emphasis of world team, but I also think our, our country, our kids are so offensively sound that they're scoring at a high rate. You know, I think that we're winning at a high rate because of our offense and we're, we're ahead of the, our opponents at U17 level and U20 level, I think offensively. So we're not focused as much on like having a win on like defend to win. Most of our guys are offensive minded because that's what is being promoted in our country. You know, if you want to be the most, you can be a great wrestler, but if you go undefeated in college and you win by one point, no one talks about you. If you go, if you're pinning and teching everybody, that's how you're winning the Hodge trophy, right? That's how you're winning outstanding wrestler. And that's what's being promoted. So kids are just like, well, I got to be offensively skilled and gifted. And I feel like it's kind of trumping the defensive side um, at that level. You said at this level, I feel like yeah. our country is ahead skill offensively wise than a lot of the other countries um, because we're being battle tested at a younger age more than those countries are. <laughs> feel free not to answer this. You know what he just said that made me think about Christian hmm. was, well, given what you just said, David, who do you choose as the better college wrestler, given they both went out, Yanni or Spencer? Feel free not to answer if you don't want people mad at you. They both because Spencer was way more. Spencer has been way more dominant, but has more losses. Yanni has significantly less losses, but is not nearly as dominant. And we we have this. We've had this debate on the show probably like three times this fall already. Mm. Uh, that's tough. I, I think from the outside looking in, Spencer's dominance is like two moves right? He does yeah. two moves to everybody. Um, and Yanni's skilled in a lot of areas. Spencer is too, but you don't see that as often in his matches. Um, but Yanni doesn't put any effort on top. So his match, you know, he's getting a bunch of takedowns, but no, and top makes your life so easy. Oh, yeah. So I would say dominance wise, they're both really good. Um, I think Spencer has a specific plan to get on top, get the turns, get off the mat. Um, and I think the perception of dominance makes him seem more dominant, but Yanni is, I mean, he's really good in a lot of areas. So yeah. I just think it's, it's, you get, you can argue for both of them. I don't necessarily say who's better. It's kind of hard to say, 
Um, yeah, it's fair. Uh, that's what they, yeah, I, we always got to pick these type of things. And then people get really mad at us. And uh, that's kind of one of the downfalls to being on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I think, you know, from, you know, Spencer can do a lot of things. You just don't see it very often because he just can just yeah. do two things and kill everybody. Where Yanni, you see a much more wide skill set with him, but he's willing to put himself in a lot more situations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. True. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they're both really good. Yeah. Christian, what else you guys got? Kind of, I kind of stole the floor for a minute. No, there. it's great. It's great. Um, yeah. I was hoping that it would end up going down that road for sure. Um, well, obviously, the, the, the big news for NLWC is your, your longtime friend and frequent training partner, Kyle Dakes, coming in. How or how much of an impact will that have on your, your training specifically with Kyle now being full-time at, at Penn State? Uh, I think a pretty significant impact. You know, I just, you know, Kyle and I's, you know, history is is pretty complex, you know, over a period of time. But he's just the one guy in my life that when I wrestle, competition, training, whatever it is, I have to be on. I have to be on, you know. And I just think when I wrestle him, there's no taking it for granted. You know, if I come in and I don't I don't feel great, you have to elevate your game when you're wrestling him. Um, and I also feel like, you know, we, we learn from each other really well, you know, when, we, when we're training, we're talking about things and, you know, we're, I feel like he, he is to this day. And I really isn't even close. The most technically sound person I've ever been around. There's not a position where he's not, I don't, I feel like he's the most technically sound person in every position. Um, you know, the difference between he and I typically is just, I'm willing to put myself in more positions than he is. You know, so, I mean, if he wanted to score more points, he could almost in every match that he wrestles in. So knowing that we wrestle, I'm like, man, every time you score on him, it's, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be perfect, you know, and he has the ability to come back at any time, you know, so you gotta be on, on, on what you're doing. So I'm excited for that, you know, to, and also from a training standpoint, but even from uh just, you know, obviously our families have a lot of parallels, you know, um, you know, with our, our families and his kids and my kids, um, his house is literally like right down the street from mine. We're two minutes from each other, basically. So, you know, looking forward to uh, just spending more time with them on and off the mat. And uh, I think it's a, it's a good move, you know, for him and for everybody really in our program, because, you know, how often do you get a chance to wrestle a four-time world champion every single day that comes in, you know, with a different mentality and perspective? We've all come through the same system you know, where he does things way different than what we do. And um, now blending that together, I just think it's a great situation, well-rounded for everybody. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him to be here. One other um, a question I had, just recalling previous interviews with you, David, like you had a really consistent, uh, like, path in your mind for, for your goals. I remember you, you wanted to be four-time state champ, uh, four-time national champ, world champ, Olympic champ. And I remember you all often would talk about how you wanted to be uh, a college coach. You wanted to coach in college. Has that changed at all for you since, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time I heard you say that, but you've had clear goals. Is that still something you think about or is, is the club scene where you kind of see your, your coaching talents going? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a time – probably yeah i don't know it's been a while probably since i said that but it's i mean right now i'm, I'm 
2024, you know, after 2024, I'll reevaluate what's next. You know, if it's training, competing, shifting to something else, um, you know, the club, I really enjoy, really enjoy, um, being a part of the kids' lives and to help and develop them. Um, now that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And I really, I really love that college coaching. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not going to say no to it, but it's definitely not a yes. Um, at this point, there's just, their job has evolved. It's like, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. So, um, you know, I don't know. You never know what opportunities, you know, will present themselves down the road. Um, but as at this point, I love to compete. Um, I really love training the kids. So, you know, right now that's, that's what I really like to do. Looking at the landscape of, of 86 and just long-term competition, you, you kind of, you just alluded to it there that, you know, after 24, there'll be an evaluation period, which to me says that, you know, competing beyond 24 is, is something you're considering. Is, is that the case, David? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's so hard. It changes all the time, you know, like at this point, you know, winning a second Olympic gold medal, that's, that's, that's the driving factor. You know, there's only been three in the United States history and we have, we have a handful of people that can do it in this next Olympics, you know, so that could drastically change, but that's, uh, you know, winning one gold medal is really difficult to do. Winning two is nearly impossible. Right. So I think it's, uh, but I have a really great chance to do that. And I'm looking forward to that chance. You know, be looking forward to that opportunity to do that. Um, but you know, I'll be 33, you know, it'll be different. Um, you know, just, like I said, it's a different formula to win now than what it was as a younger kid. Um, this year, I think I really proved to myself that I can do it. I can I compete at a very high level doing it a little differently. And I really believe this year at the world championships was the best I've ever competed ever, maybe in my life. So, you know, that's exciting. And it may, you know, when you're talking about longevity, the way that I wrestle, um, you know, I'm not relying on, you know, like speed and strength all the time. You know, I, I have a, my technique has always been my best thing. And I've added speed and strength as time has gone on. And I think technique is, it doesn't really have a shelf life. You know, it doesn't really have a timeline. So it, I think it will really come down to is my will. You know, what's after, after 2024, you know, what, what's next? You know, what, do I want to continue to compete um, or not? You know, we'll make that decision down the road. You know, I think it's important to commit you know, for a period of time, um, saying that I'm going to compete to 2028 at this point, that's unrealistic right now. Um, but after 2024, you know, things change and, you know, we'll, we'll see where my mind and my body is and we'll make that decision when it comes. In the, the summer of 2020, you, you had mentioned, uh, uh, a desire to compete against Sajulayev, um, with 86 being a weight you've really dominated, save really one match. Um, is that still a, a a match on your radar that you would you would like to have that you would entertain that that bout? Definitely. I mean, right now for me, it's I just want to compete where and when I'm excited to compete. You know, there's a few individuals that make me really excited. That be, yeah, I'm on. Let's do that. Um, there's only a few competitions where I feel that way. You know, anything outside of that, it's just I'm probably not going to do those things. So you know, compete against the people that I want to compete against. And I know, I believe, you know, I've, I've said this for a long time, you know, if I have the will and the fire, I believe I'm the best and I won't be beaten. So, you know, continue to uh, stay true to that desire and, um, you know, take it match by match, tournament by tournament. Take maybe taking yourself and your style out of the equation, 
could you, as, as someone with just a high, high level of knowledge about the sport, just talk about what makes Sajalayev so good, so tough to beat? Well, I think, I mean, I'd say the number one thing is he he makes matches easy because he gets turns. You know, like he's like his his time of competition has been so short because I mean it's pretty much he's going to take you down and tech fall you in the first thirty seconds or he's going to win like six zero with pretty low effort, right? Um, so the turns has like made his career probably way easier, you know, because he put that priority on it when he's just young, 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 young wrestler. But he just has, you know, he wrestles like with his butt back, so it's hard for people to get to him. And when he goes, I mean, he commits to a shot, he rarely doesn't get it. You know, he's got that really explosive, explosive, you know, shot finish where he's not really stuck scrambling with people, you know. So those two combinations in freestyle, I mean, those are really, you know, quick finishes and turns on top. You know, not many people have even been competitive with him in his career. So, you know, that that just uh, – that's just been, I mean, for him at this point, it's like, I would say it's just, you know, he's won everything and been so successful for so long. How much longer does he have that will to continue doing it? You know, you know, cause it's like, what, what do you, you know, at some point you got a question of what am I doing this for? You know, um, maybe he doesn't have that. Maybe he does, but that'll be interesting to kind of see how his career continues to, you know, unfold as we move forward to, you know, the next Olympic cycle and the one after that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, he's he's competed every single year for a while now, and now he's got this time off because Russia is essentially not uh, allowed to compete. And I don't know if you saw those pictures, but he, he's he's large and in charge right now. Uh, so what's up? I thought he was a heavyweight. Yeah, for real. So he's actually probably like kicking back and enjoying life. And sometimes when you do that, it's like hard to get back into the swing of the grind. You know, kind of when you're grinding and you're younger. It's like, well, that's just what you do every single day. And then if you take it, you know, a time off, it's like, oh man, like, dang, it's hard to get back to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, my wife and I just went on vacation for five days. We haven't been on vacation in three years. And we went on vacation and it was like, well, I don't know if I want to go back home. You know, it's just, <laughs> you realize like I can sleep in, I can eat whatever I want. Uh, and then you're like, you're home back to reality. You're like, whoa, okay, wow. I re- Sometimes when you're just busy all the time, and you're focused, you won't realize how busy and focused you are until you're out of that. Like, wow, that's yeah. that gives you perspective. But on the flip <laughs> side, I can tell you for certain that Kyle Snyder is is so focused. You know, he's at that point in his career, at his age, where he's he's he has that burning fire, you know, and it's for one person. It's to do one thing, you know. Um, and uh he just keeps getting better and better and better, you know. Um so I mean, if if that's a motivating factor for Sedulayev, I mean, and maybe it is, maybe it is, and I don't know. But I know Kyle wants that match. Um, I mean, he's training with a super specific purpose, and he just keeps getting better. I mean, he's like a sponge. Knowledge, like he just continues to improve. So I'm really excited for Kyle. Um, you know, just hopefully gets the opportunity to wrestle that match again here in the next. You know, obviously it's gonna happen in a year, maybe potentially before that. But um, you know, that's what makes the sport great, though, is having. You know, people like that having world Olympic champions, same weight class firing and because without each one of those guys, what's the other person have to do it for, you know, for mm-hmm. without Yazdani, what's the reason for me to have to do this anymore? What's the reason for him to have to get better? You know? So I think yeah. the world is, you know, we got some really credential guys and 
they're the fire for the other one, you know, to continue doing it, which is pretty cool. I'm sure that that um, Kyle has, has learned a lot from you and the team. But what what have you specifically learned from Kyle and being around him now as he's, he's your teammate there at Nittany Lion? I mean, Kyle is just – he's the most motivated person I've ever been around. I mean, he's just very specific in what he wants and what he needs. Um, he has really specific areas that he wants to get better in. He works in those areas. And for a guy who's – you know, the success that he had so young, you know, it's it's – I mean, I think he's way more motivated now than he was then. Um and he just keeps getting better. Um, he's not like relaxing and just trying to continue to do the same things. You know, when I, when I wrestle him, there was a time before he came here, I used to wrestle him and, um, you know, I felt like, all right, I could probably figure out some of these things, you know, and do it now. It's like, he, it's every time I wrestle him, it's different. Like he's, he's got, you know, one day he's working on this thing. One day he's working on this thing and he's so strong and explosive. Like, uh, and he, if you're not if you're not 100% focused, the match gets out of hand fast, you know. And uh, it's just a testament to his his will to be the best, you know. And uh, it's it's um, it makes me continue to get better because uh, you know there's no easy second when you're wrestling Kyle. So um, you just he brings the best out of you. Switching gears a little bit, you you recently announced uh, that you were going to sign with Iridium Sports Agency. Um, could you talk a little bit about, about that decision and why uh, Iridium was where you landed? Yeah, I think, you know, just, you know, representation, I feel like for me, is just I have a lot of things going on in my life and, and I, don't, I don't like negotiating with people. I don't like doing that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of times I end up just pushing it to the side. Um, so having some people that can help me with those decisions and help me, uh, you know, kind of navigate specifically in the next two years, you know, leading in the next Olympic cycle, and beyond. Um, you know, I've known Izzy Silva for a really long time and, uh, you know, he kind of showed me to the group and, you know, Jeremy and Jason, um, they just seem to have everything that I was looking for, um, that can help me, I think you know, with my career, you know, on and off the mat. So, you know, I'm excited with the future holds, you know, it's been it's a new partnership. Um, and, uh, it's been pretty good so far. You, you got the PNL hat, uh, you and Ben and the Izzy and the whole, whole crew, with this awesome league together. Could you talk a little bit about M2's involvement and why you're excited about PNL? I think it's the future. You know, I really do. Um, you know, I think, you know, as, as, I mean, there's a lot, there's probably a lot of reasons why I think it's really good, but one of which, I mean, it's just, we get on these calls, you know, and you have, you know, the, you know, right. The, the league is it's, you know, it's M2 training center, young guns, um, Izzy style, Askren, Pinnacle, uh, MWC, Valiant prep, um, Cormier and I think you got them all. Is that everybody? I have I seven. So. I, don't, I don't know if I missed really? one. No, you got them all. You said all eight. Five one two outlaws, I think. Um, if I missed one, I apologize. But I mean, just the that alone, you know, just the people that are involved in those clubs, I feel like they, we all are in line with um, a lot of topics. So I think just, you know, getting together and, and communicating um, and obviously now, you know, get our guys together and compete consistently. Um, and I think that's one thing where, where everybody, you know, wants uh, every kid, every parent wants people to go and have really good matches. Well, now when we go, you know, you take those eight clubs and you, you tier them and they'll wrestle each other. And so guys are going to get challenged, you know, because the most of the kids that are successful are coming 
through those clubs, you know? Um, and as we continue to expand, you know, you're going to continue to evolve and, and get um, more and more people. And I mean, I just think it's got a, I think we have a good plan and looking forward to continue to compete and grow and, and just, and just talking with these guys and, and talking about just different things, maybe things that we're going through in different clubs. And I think we have a lot of uh, similar trial and error processes probably. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a, we have a, a fifth through eighth grade event in Arizona on December 17th. So we're going to do a clinic the day before. So all the kids can travel out there. They'll train with each other and then they'll compete the next day. And then we'll have an April. Well, in also oh, around that time, uh, we're going to, uh, so we, every club will bring the fifth through 12th grade team and we'll compete against each other in, in Pennsylvania. And that, that event is going to be lights out. It's going to be exciting. It'll be all hands on deck. We'll all have time to prepare and get ready to compete. Um, and it's going to be really exciting. And that's just the beginning. It's going to, you know, obviously we'll continue to uh, try and make it better, better processes for parents and for the athletes. Um, but I just think uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it and uh, I'm excited for the future. You mentioned uh, uh, talking about your last year, you know, it was the least competitions I think we'd seen you do maybe since, you've started wrestling perhaps uh, apart from the injury year as you look towards this year in 2023 what is your competition schedule like we have the world cup in america in in december have you considered competing in that have you put your calendar together at this point yeah i just you know i just actually sat down with, with coach casey and we kind of talked about the year and the plan um still talking with you know coach zadik about what that looks like too you know for me um, you know, obviously there are a lot of competition opportunities. Just like I said before, you just got to pick the right ones. Ones where, like I said, just if it's something that I feel excited and I want to do it, I'm going to be there, you know, and if it's something that just doesn't really feel right, then, you know, there, maybe that's not the right opportunity for me at that time. I think for me, it's just, that's a, that's a challenge is I have a lot of things going on, you know? So it's just, I can't balance all of it all the time because I just, I can never be my best at any of those things. So I have to be able to prioritize time to training, prioritize time to my club, to my family, to my wife, to my kids, uh, to our juice business downtown, you know, and to any other opportunity that comes up, you know, it just, you don't have time for all those things and, uh, training to go and compete at the level I want to compete at. It takes a hundred percent, you know, and I can't be a hundred percent all the time. Um, so it's just gotta be events that I'm ready and excited for prepare, compete, you know, kick butt and then reevaluate for the next one. So, and obviously I think final X is June 10th. So I'll be at final X and then uh, we'll work backwards from there and see what makes the most sense. Cool. Well, obviously the, the wrestling fans would love to see a world cup. We'll have a great team there for team USA regardless. Oh yeah. Are you coming to world cup? We're bringing a bunch of AWA guys. I gotta know if they can expect you or not. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking not- Christian? Christian, the AW guys want to meet Christian. Oh yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> ah, they do. They're huge Christian Pauls fans. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm certain of that. Well, David, I know you gotta you gotta go. I think you have a practice this morning, so don't don't want to keep you from that. But do you, do you have anything else before before we let you go? No, oh, it's good. It's good talking with you guys. You know, looking forward to uh, looking forward to all the fun stuff coming up. Yeah, well, really appreciate you coming on. Great catching up with you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and can't wait to watch uh, whenever you compete again. Thanks thanks so much, David. All right, see you guys. There it is, David Taylor. He's the man. That was stuff. I could have had him on for another 
hour and a half. I had a lot of yeah, a lot of questions to ask him. That was a lot of fun. It was really cool hearing you two go back and back and forth. And I, did, I didn't want to monopolize the time, so I, you know, I, I got a oh. bunch of questions in there. Listen, then... man, let's 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 be real. People want to hear Ben Askren and David Taylor talk <laughs> to each other. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I also excited, excited for the PNL, and he kind of said this, uh, um, but uh, is that. It is, it is fun when we all get on the call and we all have such similar mindsets to, you know, the way we're training kids and the way we approach our clubs and that type of stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure of that. It, it seems like a great idea. Okay, yeah. fun stuff there. Um, maybe before before we turn the page, anything else to talk about just based on, you know, the conversation we just had with David? So he was stick, just telling me he was. He told out. us at the end there he wasn't sure if he was competing at the World Cup. Yeah, he he was not definitive there. He's not dependent because he uh, he's kind of dodged that question. <laughs> well, I just I think he probably doesn't know. Yeah, um, I know. If I had to guess, although I'm betting he does probably know if he's wrestling at World Cup at this point. Um, I wonder if I wonder if it could be heavily dependent on is, is Iran going to get visas and get in? Because if yeah. they don't get in, then who does he want to wrestle? Yeah, and then is Yazdani going to come for that? You know, you would think. Yeah. I don't know how you view that rivalry, and maybe I mentioned this already, like after it happened, but maybe I didn't. But man, after a loss like that, I, does that start to really get in in Yazdani's head? Um, that yeah, man, that maybe was a bad I, one. I beat this guy one time ever. It was three months after he beat me for the biggest match of our lives, and mm-hmm. it, maybe I just can't beat this guy. Yeah, that maybe enters in. Yeah, I think so. Did that ever enter in with you with Chris? No, but I was I was really young. And I think I was young and probably naive a little bit of just mm-hmm. you know. And that, I mean, that's a as a competitor, that's a healthy thing, right? To be young and naive and just keep going after him. Um, but obviously, Yazdani's. I mean, he's got to be thirty, you know. And I mean, that's the other thing. Even in, for me in those years, I would my my growth was so rapid. You know, exactly. and it's like, I'm I'm getting so much better so fast. I'm going to catch up to him, you know? And if you can, like, even look at my freshman year versus my sophomore year, my dominance level against everybody else, like, against the field, you know, if the field was here and I was here, I went like this above the field, you know? I just didn't catch up to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Donnie's only 27. Did. That's it? No, yeah. they're lying. That's one of those they lied on. Yeah, man, he, no, he, re- I mean, no, man, remember him? Pico in, like, the junior world finals in, like, 2013 or something. Yeah, Pico's 20, still young, 2014, too. how old do you think Aaron Pico is? Yeah, but they're, they're probably lying. No, 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 but uh, we actually tell the truth on our age for the. No, but chicken. think, think about his growth trajectory, though, like, and without, without making insinuations beyond that, like, he, he grew as a man. <laughs> Um, I, I'm trying and to hedge off insinuations the... given the amount of failed tests Iran has. I, absolutely, but this, this is a man whose frame, like his height, his, he was yeah. a literal yeah, yeah, 66. I you, I in, yeah. uh, so I, I think I think he's true. I mean, you could look you at think him. He's then, actually that young. Yeah, I think he's actually 27. Right. Um, That's fair. So so anyway, um, man, I had another follow up that was probably better than that, but um, now the moment's gone. It, it's it's now the moment's uh, gone. It's interesting to think about how good David Taylor is and how much he's he's grown and as a wrestler and how much his training has evolved and it seemed like getting Kyle Dake there is like this this I don't know this missing piece that mm-hmm. could level him up even more which is a crazy thing to think about um and even this the fact that he's 
considering 2028, you got to wonder if Dake is thinking the same thing, if he's making this move I think there, he is. You know? I think he is. Do you um, think David – I felt like David wasn't really – I don't want to say – he was kind of noncommittal, but I kind of – and I did the math, and he would be 37 going on 38 in 2028. And I kind of felt like when he answered that question, he's like, nah. Nuh-uh. Well, I don't think that, so. That's how I, that's how it I made don't know, me man. Feel. Don't, don't you think? I don't think so. Don't you think that? That's how I saw it. Don't you think Jordan Burroughs has moved the goalposts on that? Like, yeah, I mean, but at thirty-two, the goalpost is already moved. He's gonna be thirty-four in twenty twenty-four. The goalpost has already been moved. How old is Burroughs gonna be in twenty twenty-four? Like when he when he wraps up 36? 35, 35, He's thirty-four. 36? He's thirty-four. J- July eighth. So uh, he'll be turning. Uh, well, so he'll be thirty-five. At the trials, and then if he makes the team, he'd be thirty-six in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I think the goalposts have absolutely been moved, but I think thirty-eight is is. Uh, but he even man. talked to Ben. He even said like, "Man, technique doesn't age." Like he, he even was yeah, giving like kind of stating the case for why. And here's my my thing on why I think he'll. he's he'll so much better than everyone else besides Johnny. He's Johnny. so much better than who's gonna, yes. his best competition is likely gonna come. I mean, Russia, I don't see anyone in the rear view, rear view, rear view. They're number one. We haven't on, seen them in a minute, though. So They're not close. But, but yeah, but, they, but come on. In, in 2021, they weren't close. Um, yeah. Did say Brooks? I mean, is it, it's going to be someone domestic, right? So I think that's that's my thought. If I don't know. But any- so, I saw you're saying, um, I mean, the other thing, so the other thing is some of these guys come out so young, like say a Sad Jolayev. Right, I mean, he came out and won a world title in a year. Yazdani no, that's was such a such a rarity. I mean, he he is a one of one for but his Yazdani age. And his age was different <clears throat> from when he wrestled in junior worlds to when he won the Olympics in twenty sixteen. Yeah, he won junior worlds in fourteen and, and the Olympics in sixteen for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- listen, you you kind of see those guys coming a little bit, right? You saw everyone saw Sajulayev coming in twenty thirteen when he did Cadet Worlds. He was on everyone's radar, um, and I think he'll be able to like in twenty twenty four. He can make an assessment of where he's at domestically. He's gonna yeah. know. All right, hey, no one's close. If he's still beating guys in final X or the trials the way he did this year, it's like okay, I'm so I'm on the team basically. And now yeah. uh, let me look at inter- domestic internationally. Okay, there's Yazdani still. He'll probably be like eight and one against him at that point, if not worse. Yeah. Uh, and then if Russia doesn't have anything come through and. Don't underestimate the impact of this war on. So listen, I don't think it would be. Uh, I guess we're getting deep into the weeds on uh, com- competitive decisions. I don't really think it's going to be a competitive decision. I think it's just going to be like, I want to do something else in my life. I'm it 34. Be. I've been wrestling. I've been wrestling year round since we said seventh grade, which is like 12 years old, 22 years, and I want to do something else. That, that I think it'd probably be more that more than other things. Sure. Sure, but if he hadn't said it, I wouldn't really. I kind of would have assumed twenty four was the end, despite him knowing he could go beyond and still be really competitive. But I think the landscape factor is is something that puts him in the direction of continuing to compete. And obviously, it's not a decision he's going to make anytime soon. But the way he was talking, and also I think I have to assume that over the the last year, where he had to train differently and not compete and did not put as many, you know, miles on the tires. He's like, man, I could really train differently as I age and still be high, high level. He just had the best performance of his entire life, according to him, at the, the age he is now. So, I don't know. And and as far as 
wanting to do other things with his life. I mean, he already is, you know, he's, yeah, here he, is. Yeah. he's he owns multiple businesses. He's, you know, he's, he's involved at a high level in a bunch of different things. And I, I do think that especially that group of, of Dake Taylor and Burroughs, those guys are, are competitive. And, and now really the last way that those guys are going to defeat or dethrone Jordan Burroughs is legacy and number of titles and, so I don't know. I, I don't know how much those guys think about that or care yeah. about that, but I wonder. I mean, that, that would be the argument that would, if uh, I think if there's any argument that's going to sway him, that that would be the one right there. Yeah. I mean, to to back-to-back Olympic champions, there's who even has that opportunity? He's, Able. Well, he said there's only been three ever. And then, so obviously, um, Burroughs could win a second Olympic title. He could. And then um, um, Snyder. And Gable. Oh, he's retired. Get out of here. <laughs> Give me a break. He ain't retired. Give me a he's retired. That is crazy that we have four <laughs> four people that could do it. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to do. I mean, just the number of people that make back to back Olympic teams is really, really small. It's just hard to get on the team and to to win the title back to back times is insane. Yeah. Um, so it's it's exciting. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's all everything could change, right? He could have another injury or something. Some anything could happen, but I think right now I, I wouldn't rule it out him him going beyond twenty four. And I I think and I think if Dake goes beyond twenty four, which I kind of think is going to happen, then does that keep David? It's like all right, I got my buddy here. I've got this. Everything's rolling. M two is going to still be rolling. It's going to be awesome. Like I don't know. Maybe he'll think that's the the way to go. It, it'll be interesting. Hey, can I what? do a sidebar? Since you brought this up, you brought this up, but I would really like to know. I'm very curious. Okay. Um, we need a flow quant division here. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> and you could do, maybe you could do just a data point one time a year would be satisfactory. I mean, obviously you could do it in every single rankings, right? But sometimes it feels like Pennsylvania, where M2 is located. Uh, I mean, they also have Young Guns top club, and they're in PNL. Um, sometimes it feels like they're so far ahead, like far going places. It doesn't, and then you see these dudes at Super Thirty Two, and you're like, I've never heard this dude's name in my life. Maybe he just doesn't even wrestle freestyle or something. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I've never seen him before. Um, how many of the so let's see, fourteen times twenty, two hundred eighty. You have two hundred eighty ranked high school kids. What percentage comes from each state, right? Or what is the average amount of of the 280? What's the average amount that a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania has, right? Is it down? Is it up? Does it go like this? You know, like, what do you think? I bet in terms of just broadly ranked wrestlers, I bet it's not a large deviation either way. Um, over the past, of course, the past, say, 10 years. Yeah. I bet, it, I bet it's not a huge deviation. I think on the high end, obviously, we've seen you know, a downward trend slightly, right? Really? Uh, well, I think sometimes you, I mean, uh, just you and I, and I think probably everyone else, sometimes we get swayed by those, um, um, we get swayed by those top, like top couple guys, you know, those, that's where it's like, you don't, you don't are. think as much, well, you don't think, I'm, I'm saying just, just number rank guys. So you don't think as much about the 13, 17, 18 guys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 That, well, okay, so maybe we're agreeing. I, I thought you were pushing back, but um, okay. no, yeah, yeah. So I think probably overall, and we could 
We could do it. We got the quant division working. Yeah, OT I'm gonna now. I'm gonna work on it right now. I'm gonna he, pull up. He's gonna quant it up. I'm gonna pull it up for you. Um, How are you gonna pull that up? He's gonna he's gonna pull I it got, up. I got it. Don't you? Worry. He has a quant division under his in his computer under he's his employee. Yes. His computer. Yes. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to tell you how many ranked guys are from Pennsylvania here in just one while, second. While he calculates, shout out to our U23 ladies. Got four in the semis. That's awesome. That'll be – those will be later. Starting today. at 9.45, uh, starting at like 35 minutes. Okay, as soon as the show Maybe. ends, go go watch Team USA. Get it Maybe done. Four, what, four in the semis out of five, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Wait, so I'm, I'm very curious. Are you doing like a search function or something to this? Don't effect? worry. Don't tell him. You this, wouldn't understand. This is proprietary in nature, sir. You know what? Hey, you know what? This is just to- this is totally non-wrestling, Christian. You know what? Things on social media, I just can't look away from. What? And this, uh, and uh, you know, I'm gaining, I'm gaining valuable information in my brain. So I don't want to say it's all bad, but sometimes I'm like, why am I staring at this thing? This is, mm-hmm. this is preposterous. Because I don't do like a lot of people like read comments and stuff. Like I don't ever read the comments, so I don't waste my time on that. Those those like they're they're usually bar graphs, bar graphs over like a course of fifty years where they update every single year, and you see the movement of like it could be like market cap of companies, right, or mm-hmm. like some type of statistic like this, and Price of you, you watch them go. What? The price of Bitcoin. Oh, that would be a thing. No, no, no. It'd be, you know, it's something that has multiple choice over here, right? So there's like largest market cap companies in the U.S. God, gotcha. over the oh, last yeah, 50 yeah. years. Or like, uh, what was one that I really just, there was one about countries. What the hell was it? I think it was like military spending per country or something, you know, and you watch it go up over the course of 50 years or whatever. I really enjoy those charts. I know I'm gaining information, but sometimes I feel like, why am I staring at this thing? <laughs> but then I'm like, I want to see where it goes. I want to see where it ends at. You know what I'm talking about or no? Um, Sucker for the bar graphs. I haven't seen. I mean, I let, I know what bar graphs are, but I haven't seen these. I'm sorry, I can't. He's also sending you. you. Uh, next right, time, so, I, next time I see what I'm gonna send it to you. You got an answer for us yet? Yeah, Pennsylvania has 52 of the top of the nationally ranked top 20. So that's 18 and a half percent of the ranked uh, kids Holy in the country. Holy crap! Live right there. Oh, that's got to be more than usual, right? You think? It is. It's more than there were at the. PIAA state tournament last year. So it's crazy because I remember the first year I went to PIAA's was 2020, and there were around 40, high 40s to 50 ranked kids. It was around this number. Oh, and, then, similar. and then last year, it was between like 30 and 35 ranked kids. It had really wow, dipped. Wow, that's but, crazy. That fluctu- it was fluctuating that much in a single year. But you could see these freshmen. Well, for, also, there's they're also like, there are PA kids that are not at PIAA's, right? Like last year, um, there were a bunch at Malvern. Oh, prep, like national prep kids. National prep kids, and then even like some, you know, Bishop McCourt kids that can't compete there. Oh, That's a I few did. of them. Levi Haynes didn't last year, so there's some of that. Um, but it seemed a little. Why down. didn't Levi Haynes wrestle last year? He just trained at Nittany Line Wrestling Club. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, and, then, and so I, you know, obviously, I guess Pennsylvania and New Jersey, to an extent, a couple of these places would have. You know, like Wyoming, Sam are all those kids are all considered Pennsylvania kids, correct? Mm-hmm. And then um, Jersey would have that also. Yeah, Jersey has thirty-one ranked and, kids, which is I'll tell you the percentage. That's like eleven percent of the nation's top twenties. I wonder what Wisconsin is. We're find out. We got I, well. I, I so I think we are because I mean I, I was thinking it's like how much we've moved up. I think we have nine or ten right now would be my guess, and then. Um, are the new rankings out, PS? Don't, yeah, they're out. Don't sell yourself short. Oh. You got 11. You got 11. 
11. Okay, I was thinking 9, 10. Someone else got in that I wasn't thinking about then. Um, but I know, his, so historically, I could tell you that's significantly higher than we were, say, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I'm thinking about for our club is like, how many can we get in the national rankings? And then, you know, where does that compare to where we've been historically as a state? Hey, seven of those 11 in Wisconsin, by the way, are in the top 10. So that's good. Grayson, yeah. big jump. He went from like 19 to five or something. Mm-hmm. Five. There we go. Good job, Grayson Clark. Dude, his his top work is impressive. Tough on top. Coach Wagner was tough on top back in college. Yeah. You know, Someone good nice. on top of that whole AWA operation. Finally. Uh, you, you need that. It's about oh. time. About time you address that. Um, nice. Man. And Bass, uh, number nine. Let's go, Ben. This Marcelo Milani kid that he went to six, uh, uh, I've seen him for years. I want to say he used to come to one of our tournaments, and he's always been really tough. Um, so it's interesting to see him bump that high up now. Big he's, jump. He's yeah, he been a, really tough for a while. He had a massive jump. Yeah, he's kind of waiting for a, a performance like that. But 120, I mean, you're talking about 120 rankings. That weight is so deep. It's, yes. It is crazy to see that. Um, hey, what do you think about the top three? I'm, I'm really curious to get your guys' perspective on this because I heard you guys talking about it on the show yesterday. And yesterday, you guys were saying, "Hey, Lil it all won the I'm tournament. Good with this. Make him one." And and I think in some no, cases, no. I I would have done that, but I kept Jax Forrest number one. That's what I think. I think I said I probably would have done that. And then, but I think the other two they overruled me. They didn't like that. Here's here's why. Here's why. In the in the case of Jax Forrest, this kid, in the months of well, just in the month of October, he has a head to head over Lil it all, and. And, you know, Lilidol has the head-to-head over Rainey. Rainey has two losses in the month of October, right? Um, one of them is to Bast. That's part of it. But then if you, like, just zoom out to September and October, Jax Forrest has, like, I think 11 ranked wins, including wins over Nate Jezaroga, who's a world medalist. That's so crazy. And Luke Lilidol, who's a world champ. So that's why at this weight, to me, it made sense to do that. Now – I was talking to Nomad about this last night. The thing that really matters in this whole way is what they do at Seeds at Ironman because Forrest, Lilidol, and Rainey are all going to be there. Oh, my God. So, Ooh, nice. So which, so which guys end up on the same side of the bracket? That's where gonna... I get sad because we none of our Wisconsin guys get to go to that type of fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, if so. for seeding for a tournament like that, I have I would have no problem with Lilidol 1, Rainey 2, Forrest 3, and yeah. Forrest That's the rematch. Fair. Force three inch. I think yeah. for seeding that makes sense, but thinking about like the purpose of a national high school ranking, I think you know you got to. To me, I think you got to zoom out a little bit, and that's why I went Forrest Lilidol Rainey one two three. Mm, I like it. Yeah, that's what I would have went. I I think I I said I would have I would have gone with Lilidol one just because he won the tournament. All the guys were at, and I know he had lost to very narrowly to Jacks like a week or two before, but. Mm-hmm. To me, I look at it like, and my whole perspective, I won't completely get into it, but like Super 32 is that NCAA's type of competition for, for high school wrestling. And kind of the results of that, if if all the guys are there, should be the ranking result in general. Um, for guys at this level, I would say. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. Luke is, the, is who I would rank number one. Obviously, Jax's resume makes it really tough to make that move. And in general... It would be a lot easier decision, but Jax Forrest made it a lot tougher. So I would do it differently, but I also am not uh, – this is not one of the rankings where I'm jumping up and down yeah. mad about. It's uh, you know, it's it's such a great top three because 
You have Forrest, mm -hmm. who competes everywhere and has just a million ranked wins. You have Lilidol, who's a world champ and who won the big tournament, and he's won it twice now. He's won Super 32s back-to-back -back years. And then you have Rainey, who is just like – he is this – He's just a landmine. He's just an element of danger. Yeah. He – you know, element I – Element of danger. I, the, the guy is – he's just – always hunting he's always hunting and and i love that about that kid so that's an incredible top three um the fact that we're going to see them all in another bracket again in a month and a half is is awesome to think about and marcus blaze will be in that bracket too um who... so is, is this gonna be bishop bishop mccourt's uh is it gonna be that 13 20 26 is yeah. that gonna be it for them uh Wait, sorry. Say it again. What what about Bishop McCourt? So, uh, uh, Bishop McCourt, right? Um, yeah. Are they gonna? Is this gonna be their lineup where they go, thirteen Bassett, twenty Forest, twenty six uh, oh, Gibson? Oh, you know what? Good point. I don't. Or are know. they gonna move it around? I, I, they may have to move it around. I don't, I don't know that Bassett's gonna hold. Feels 13. like a lot for yeah Bassett to make thirteen the whole season. Yeah. So it, yeah, we may not get this actually. So it may be it may end up being Bassett twenty. Forrest twenty six, Gibson thirty two, Herring thirty eight. That that's I've heard that theorized. I don't know for sure what they're gonna do. Interesting. Yeah. So any other um you know, you you are you have the um you do the thankless task of being a high school ranker, which means you are uh your email box. It's is, almost all thank you notes. It's, it's almost all thank so you notes in the you. email box. I can't imagine that's the case. <laughs> no, no. Um you're just biased. great job on the rankings. That's all they say. They just say great job, great Thank job, no so complaints much. at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, any other thoughts on on the rankings? Oh man, there are a million. But uh, I, a couple, I think a couple people that that jumped up that everybody should keep their eyes on. Um, one is a is a sophomore, 170 pounder from Colorado, Ty Ice, uh, and it's not spelled yeah. I C E E I S E. That guy had an incredible tournament, and and I've heard. Good. I've heard coach, you know, college coaches who have been watching this guy say like, just wait, you know, he's going to have this kind of a performance. And sure enough, he did finish third, beat a whole bunch of ranked guys. Um, so that guy, super young, and he looks like he's physically still got. I mean, he's he's very developed, but he's gonna he's gonna keep getting stronger and better. And so awesome performance. He went from unranked to number five, and then, and then yeah, the other the other Colorado guy. I think you guys maybe talked about him yesterday, who made a big jump up was Weston Dalton. Yeah. Um, Roadhouse's kid, yeah, right. James, James's son. That's right. But he, this guy, beat Joel Adams, Coy Biskin, Sam Cartella. Uh, those are all awesome wins. And so, a couple Colorado guys making big moves. Wow. So, so you know, you love that typical Colorado that. bias. Actually, hey, we got you. Know, we didn't talk about and break. Where did you go to college? Northwestern College is an NAIA school in Iowa. Not Northwest. We got we got not Northwest College where the oh. bear attacked was. Not Northwest. I thought I thought Ryan that for a second. What's up with this bear attack? This dude just jumped. I've always wanted to wrestle a bear, and this guy got to do it for real. I what think, a hero. I think you're learning that you don't want to wrestle a bear. Well, I, I would put a muzzle on him. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like Wayne Boyd did? I wish they had thought of that. Yes, like, like Wayne Boyd. I don't know uh, if they could have done that in the wild. So crazy, crazy story. It's been making the rounds big time in, in wrestling. But these two wrestlers, actually it was four wrestlers, were out on a, on a hike. They were um, – Shed hunting, which is like when you go around just look for antlers, basically, right? Mm -hmm. What? Um, what? Is, I've never heard of this. What? Is, sh the antler shed? They call it shed hunting. Yeah. So the the how deer, do you know this? The deer, the elk, shed their antlers, 
I, I think I'm trying to find it. I think shed hunting is cool, but <laughs> the funny thing is when people talk about their upcoming hunting trip and don't tell you that it's just it's shed hunting. You're walking around looking, you're looking for antlers. For, yeah, you're, it's a scavenger hunt, but it's a cool thing to do. <laughs> it's a scavenger hunt. The people that pretend like they're out, like, you know, nabbing big game are the ones. But apparently it's pretty dangerous. It can be. Uh, evidently. So these guys are in, it's like basically northwest Wyoming um, in the wild looking around. And out of nowhere, as bear attacks often are, this one guy, the one kid gets attacked by the bear and his friend ends up jumping. Well, first they tried to like yell at it and throw stuff at it, and he was just attacking his friend. So then he gets on top of it, rips it by the ear, and he gets totally messed up. His The bear yeah. turns on him, and he gets the worst of it by far. His face is all scarred up where he's been bit and everything. But they eventually fight it off and run, run the bear away, and they had to get rescued, and it's a whole thing. But basically, this kid totally saved... Uh, his friend's life. So it's Kendall Cummings, and uh, let me. Get, I want to get both their names. Uh, Brady Lowry are the two. So Kendall was the one that jumped in, I believe, and, and saved the friend who was initially attacked. Um, t- totally insane. It was a grizzly bear. Oh, so insane! Um, I mean, it's like what the heck? Such such a wrestler thing, fighting there. You see the picture of the two in the hospital. Um, Brady has a broken arm and lacerations on his back. And um, obviously you can see that Kendall's face is, is pretty damaged and he's got some pretty serious injuries. He will be released. Brady's out of the hospital, it sounds like, and Kendall will be released later this week. Um, but just a, an incredible, incredible story from these two. And obviously we're reaching out to them and going to try to catch up with them and tell their story a little bit but man what a what an incredible incredible thing yeah for real insane um good job by those guys that's some real fear i wonder how much in the moment are you just like is it even a thought like to to go help like is, is it just like is it almost like instinctual? i think i think I that's imagine speech it to is who, who people are right yeah you just like you just like, like who you are just kind of kicks in immediately it's like not you yeah. don't like do like a, a a threat assessment or anything you're just like all right let's go yeah fight or flight right some people run some people fight yeah there's these two fought and um yeah and this is a dangerous time um for any of you listeners there in the in the areas of, of bears because they're getting ready to hibernate so they're storing up they're real they're, they're all kinds of pissed off so you gotta you really gotta know that you think bears get pissed off for the hibernate or you think they're like uh they're they're I desperate. They're I like, get to go take a nap for four no, months. Dude, they're they're desperate. They're awesome. freaking out. They start yeah, they start a lot of times they start running out of food, like the the rivers where the fish are. Well, probably not Wyoming, but like a lot of areas they start to the water level starts to drop. It's harder to get fish. After this after the fish like spawn and everything, like they start to run out mm-hmm. of that food source and they just like they're just man, they're looking Christian, I'm bit. actually I so I expected uh David to know more about the outdoors. I'm kind of surprised by your knowledge outdoors. I did not I didn't I never heard of shed hunting. And now you're talking about, you know, bears are getting desperate in October. Man, I didn't know you're such an outdoorsman. I like well, that doesn't make me an outdoors. Well, not that I'm not an outdoors type of person, but um I I'm interested, interested in animals. And You've stuff. seen your fair share okay. of alone. I watch a lot of Alone. That, uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's where all this comes from. No, that's where actually, all this comes from. It actually doesn't. Um, well, have you seen uh, the Grizzly Man? 
Oh, what a yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. The dude gets eaten. Well, because he's got some mental disorder or something. I mean, why he thinks he's friends with the bears? What's wrong with him? Yeah, those are bears. Let's say it's not your and your boy. But it is interesting because in in many ways he was sort of uh, I won't say taken in, but accepted. Like he was able to have extremely intimate, close interactions with bears. But like, and. He also was super aware of the ones that were dangerous too, and he he like was super in tune with not them. not aware enough. Not until they well, he was not, he, he was not, also he was really aware of the calendar, right? Like he was aware of this. What we're saying, this is a dangerous time, and he wouldn't be there that until the end. And he's like, ah, I'm gonna push my luck. I'm gonna go back because somebody had a weird interaction with him in an airport or something. Oh really? So, I movie, didn't know that part. Yeah, there's I don't remember that, that that movie Grizzly Man. Yeah, he like. He he would always leave right before this dangerous time because the bears were getting super agitated and whatever, and so he left. And then I think he had, I can't remember it was an airport or somewhere he had like some negative interaction. He's like, forget this, I'm forget leaving people. society entirely. Yeah. I'm going back to my bears, and it was just a little too late. Yeah, and so the one just happened upon him, and or I think it was at his camp actually. Uh, yeah, you know the things are desperate, and he got. Totally devoured, um, as did his girlfriend, which is very sad that she, he kind of – it's one thing to, to have this, you know, sort of passively suicidal, like, passion, but, like, to bring someone else along is very, very selfish yeah. of him. Now they're both sadly passed away. But, yeah, crazy story. That guy really liked bears a lot. A little too much, obviously. Um, but, yeah, wildlife's interesting to me, for sure. Anyway. I bet you're a big fan of Shark Week. Loved, dude. You know that's my thing. I was ob- obsessed. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I just guessed. Bro, I obsessed with obsessed with sharks as a kid. Obsessed. I had all these books, all this stuff. I had all this knowledge about sharks. My dad found this book where that I wrote in like second or third grade book that I wrote. Um, but you know, like you do in elementary school, and it was all about sharks. And like the last page is like, uh, is like. Sometimes uh, the sharks eat their babies. It's like that's literally what? like the last page. That's like how I concluded the book. Sometimes sharks eat their babies, which is true. Is that so, true? That's it's true. true. Shark it's week. True. Shark week used to be great because it's not as good anymore. It used to be. It used to be just a bunch of videos of people telling you that you can punch sharks. They're just mo- world's most punchable animal. Shark, shark comes up, punch them in the nose. That that was just here. You go look, punching a shark. But then they started doing all this crazy stuff, like pretending they were going to have Michael Phelps race a shark, yeah, which was, let's let's see it. Let's throw Michael Phelps in the pool with the shark and see what happens. That's what I that's what that's I thought was going to happen. Competitive. They I'm hyped so, it I'm up. I'm just going to tell you. They hyped yeah, it up so much. It wasn't even a real. It was a simulation. They hyped it up so much, and it wasn't even a real race. They didn't throw Michael Phelps oh, in the pool with the shark. That's extra. That's extra dumb. It was stupid. So I'm out on Shark Week. But who I, would think for a second? Like I don't know. Phelps might get it. He's a he's the fastest <laughs> one. What in the world? That's just such a stupid premise. It's like what? Stupid. So who, dumb. Like Phelps's agent is a real legend for like snow and discovery channel or whoever on that because wow well, you, didn't even have to, you didn't have to swim <laughs> against a real race. shark it was stupid they should just go back to punching sharks in the face punch them in the face i like to i yeah i like that i like the dangerous oh stories i like hearing you about guys are the off the rails right now i got i should not have even brought up shark week i brought up shark week and you two just went nuts for like five minutes well you you, you, you hit a nerve um a published author over apparently. here yeah i'm a published author by churchville elementary mrs miss hart's class uh, um okay so yeah that's uh we went from bears to sharks 
uh, and there and there we are. Um, man, so so funny. Was it yesterday's show or Monday show? You brought up the the forums getting shut down, the Matt forums, Ben. Yeah, I saw you posted here. I'm very curious to see what you're gonna say. <laughs> so it's so funny. So I I really have not been been in the forums much. It, wow, but you know I've been checking in now that it, they're kind of R.I.P. And um, there's a thread called Last Word that was recently started where they're talking about it. Well, we're not talking about anything. It's just about like getting kind of the last word before the the forum gets shut down. So it's starting. It's talking about this, and then it devolves to this cool thing where they're. They're, you know, the song American Pie by Don McLean, the classic. And all these posters are, like, putting in a line from American Pie, but it's about the forum uh, going away. And it has the most hilarious kind of conclusion. Um, here, I'll try, I'll try to read it. Let me uh, – I'll read it in the order that, that everything happens, and I think you'll think it's funny. Okay. Long, long time ago, I can still remember how the forum used to make me smile. New post. And I knew if I had a chance, I could make that form dance. New post. And these are all new people just kind of contributing and building on oh, the song. Really? Right? Yeah, yeah, Okay. And maybe they'd be happy That's... for a while. But November made me shiver. New post. With every post I deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. And then it goes, uh, new post. I can't remember if I cried when Colat lost to Ironside and how Iowa posters hurt me deep inside the day the forum died. <laughs> new post. New post. So bye bye. Next post. Dominique Parrish has the most ranking points of any woman wrestler worldwide in 2022. <laughs> like what? Like everyone's going along with this song, and then someone. Dominique Parrish has the most ranking points of any woman wrestler worldwide in 2022, which is a fantastic stat. But how are you not reading this thread back and forth, wow. like building on the song? It's like. Someone goes, and what does? And someone replies to that, and what does that have to do with Don McLean? <laughs> That's what's in, man. So they kind of blew it. Wow. Um, I I stopped reading after that because that was that is either like just you're not following the plot at all, or the most hilarious troll ever. I don't know which one it was, but either way, <laughs> it made me laugh tremendously. Oh, so it makes me laugh too. If you wanna, if you wanna laugh, that on the that form, line about Colot losing to Ironside was uh, tremendous. Yeah, that was great. I can't remember if I cried when. Yeah, not widowed. And I would transfer me deep inside. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so funny. What a, team, what a team effort! What a team effort! That's the most united the forum had ever been, and then we've got you know a stat bomb. <laughs> okay, I had to get that. So hey, what what do you make of? We didn't talk about Gable Dan. Do you really think he's done done forever? Like he really won't wrestle another good. international match. Ben? I mean, what's what's the upside to him? So if he really goes and trains full time uh, for WWE and gets ready, and you know, he's really getting ready for that. Um, what is what's the upside to him coming back if he's training barely at all for real freestyle? You know, he already he already did the damn thing. Like the only way he's got is to go down. It's not like he took silver and he wants to go get that gold because he's a competitor. Yeah, that that'd be it. Like the he has this. Well, that's just that's not just like an aside. That's like the thing. Yeah. This yeah. this this is a, a guy who competes. Um Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a small chance. I I don't think it's a big chance. Really? Small. Yeah. Small. I think yeah, I, I think I think listen, I think he's really good at what he does. I think he's going to take to the WWE thing. I think he's gonna start killing it. I think he's gonna be a star with with you know, with not that much 
time in it. And then he, you know, it's going to be, there'll be a small part of it that says, Hey, I want to go back and I want to go wrestle and I want to go beat Zarya or whatever. And then it's like, well, where am I going to find all the time to compete when I'm, when I'm on the TV freaking three times a week? Hmm. You know, when they got me flying around all over the place doing these appearances and shows and all this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my, I think there's a very low percentage that Gable never does a wrestling match again internationally yes. or otherwise. I Wait, think you said low? There's a low percentage he doesn't? Low percentage. I'd be I'd be so surprised if if someone told me right now mm. they they were an oracle and they said Gable will never wrestle another match again in his life. I'd say no way. He I'm will. about 50-50. No. I think a greater chance than that. I, I would well, say. I, that's where I'm at. You could you could do whatever you want. That's your feelings. I'm saying 80-20. I'm 50-50. 80-20. I'm 50-50. He'll wrestle again for sure. At some point, who knows if we'll even be doing that show at that point? This kid is so young; he could, you know, ten years from now he could do it. But I think he will. I think he will in the next five years for sure. Just an opinion, no inside info, just literally an opinion. Okay, um, just an opinion. That's all I had. Do we have? Uh, I know people. Some people had some questions for. David, that we didn't get to ask, uh, unfortunately. But um, any other thoughts before we go? This has been fun. No, this was fun. Really, really fun show. Reminder: I will not be here for the next two shows because I actually am going to be a published author. I'm going on a quick little book tour. I'm making a stop in Las Vegas and then Columbia, Missouri. I'll be there this weekend um, at the football game, and then I'm going to be in Miami next Monday. Since you moved, the, you didn't tell me that you were moving the show to Monday, so I'm actually going to miss Monday's show. Maybe I'll call him for a few minutes. You can call in from the book tour, Mr. Author Ben. It's just a, it's just a short one. Um, but I'm coming live to Austin uh, before the All-Star next month. I'm pumped for that. It's going to be awesome. That will be awesome. Um, so that man. week we'll probably do shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because it's Thanksgiving week. I'd love to read your book, Ben. Just... I swear I sent one. Ask Bader. Bader probably doesn't know how to read. I sent him one also. So just <laughs> go like me just go take his stuff. Um, wow. Joe Caprino just asked if it was a coloring book, Ben. Wow. What are you going to do? Are you going to take that? Joe Caprino. You might have to. He thought he could get that jab in and no one would see it. Just the boys. But I'm watching, Joe. You get your little <laughs> bar, Ben. Now you got to, you to deal with the wrath of Ben. And what if it was a coloring book, Joe? Would that be so It'd be wrong? a great coloring book. Outstanding be... coloring book. Actually, I was in a color. Hold on. Give me 10 seconds. Give me 10 seconds. Uh-oh. He's getting his coloring book. All right. Going 10 seconds. I don't think he's peeing. No, I don't think so either. But this would be a great... You know what? I should, do, I should yeah. do a giveaway. This is not my book. This is not my book. But um, my kids actually enjoy this. So they... this. Do you remember these people? Oh, this yeah. Is a free I've advertisement for them. Yeah. Yeah, but then they, did you see they also made... Uh, I only took one out for my kid. They also made it's a coloring book. Look at this. Oh, so boom! Look at that. Joe Caprino. I'm already in a coloring book, baby. You ain't got to talk no trash. Wow. Look right here. Look at that. There you go, Joe Caprino. You can color that. Well, look at you, just kind of cuddling with the letter A. No, I, I got, I got, a, I got a hold on him there. It's, I, actually, it's kind of looks like jujitsu because it's kind of like I got a body triangle and then yeah. a rear naked choke is actually kind of what it looks like. It kind of looks like just a warm snuggle session. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> All right, guys. Only one that gets warm snuggle sessions for me is my wife, and I might go give her one right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Snuggle up, buddy. <laughs>
<laughs> it's snuggle season. It was it was forty two this morning here in well, Texas. No, not in Austin. Only in, only in Wisconsin. It really was. No, it really was forty two here. No, you guys are soft. <laughs> we're not. So, I, <laughs> well, we're literally is. just saying the temperature. We're not even saying no. oh it was cold. But they are people here are soft. People here are soft. Tougher. Trying to be tougher. That people. is true. But it was. Oh wow, right. fifty one now. See, but it wasn't. Temperature fifty one now. That's with the sun. We had no sun before. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this has got a. Speaking of poems, Christian, this has a poem on the back. You want to hear We're it? Speaking of poems. Yeah. Poem, <laughs> poem. You said poem. Uh, the there is no ordinary alphabet. Instead of apple, we have aspirin. Instead of ball, we have brands. Instead of cat, we have kale. Boom! Tremendous. Wow. I don't know if that's a poem, but. Great. That's a damn poem. A poem is like anything where you put some words together. That's it. There's like right. like 74 different kinds of poems. They can this rhyme. This whole show's been rhyme. a poem. This is one of my longest oh, poems yet. This has been one long spoken word. Yes. Slam poetry. <laughs> All right. We're slamming out of here. Right, Thank you guys ya. so much. We'll be back tomorrow. Listen to this music. Oh, a little funk? For the funky one. Okay, that's good. In honor of his book tour, which is going to exclude... His radio audience, unless you're in Vegas or Columbia, Missouri. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to David Taylor for hopping on. Congrats to him and Iridium Sports Agency. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. We're going to get some tacos. Goodbye.